Okay, let's get started with Parshas Vayikra. Parshas Vayikra, a new beginning, and uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Purim in uh, today's shear, because ne- next week there's, uh, I don't have a night to uh, to give the Parsha shear, Purim's the middle of the week, it's just uh, a busy week, so Hashem will pick up with uh, Parsha Shmini the following week, uh, but Saad there won't be, usually Saad there's no shear because of Shabbos Agado. this year it's uh, it's different, but tonight we get to talk about Parshas Vayikra. A new start, third sefer of the Torah, and we start off with two thoughts relating to how we're supposed to approach this limud, this section of the Torah, one-fifth of the Torah, as we know, is sefer Vayikra, it's jam-packed with mitzvos, and uh, the first half of the sefer, the first six parshios or so, have to do with inyanim of Karbanos and Tumavatara. So the words of of Rav Salvechik and the Chafetz Chaim. Says Rav Salvechik, the source number one in the Masoras Arav, which just came out a few weeks ago, the new uh, Vayikra, uh, says Rav Salvechik. Sefer Vayikra, let's start with the underlined part. Sefer Vayikra has been attacked mercilessly for the institution of Karbanos. Throughout history, we have been, if there's any part of the Torah that has been under attack, that has been under, oh, it doesn't make sense, oh, what is this, oh, Judaism, it's been Sefer Vayikra. Sefer Vayikra has taken it. We know the Gemara at the end of Masech Sukkah. He quotes it, tells the story of Miriam, the daughter of Bilga, who apost- uh, became an apostate and married a Greek officer. <laughs> she went, entered the base of Migdash, took off her shoe, banged it on the, on the Mizbeach, said, we called it, uh, what are you doing? You're eating up all of the, all of the uh, Karbanos. What are you doing to Am Yisrael? Again, even in the days of the Gemara, there were those that dafka, the Mizbeach, the Karbanos, Line 7, the early Christians sought to attack the institution of the Beis HaMikdash and took aim at the Kohanim and the Temple service. Anyone familiar with the history of this period knows how deep their hatred ran towards Torah's Kohanim, a hatred that intensified during the rise of Christianity in the Middle Ages. They consistently, all parts of the Torah, they'll leave, keep it on the aim, they'll leave. And V'atarech al-Kamocha and Hashavah Saveda. But Karbanos, throughout the years... The derision has changed, but the intent remains the same. Taking a portion of Torah and undermining it and rejecting it and saying, if I don't understand it, it must not make sense. It must not be uh, productive. It must not be effective. It's archaic. It has nothing to do with my life. And of course, it's never going to come back. And it has nothing to do with me learning it. And he says, right, one of the earliest modifications enacted by Reform Judaism was the excision of Karbanos from the Seder HaTfilah. Well, we're going to talk about Karbanos? One of the first things they got rid of. Modern Bible criticism is a veiled atheistic and agnostic attempt, says the Rav, to continue the Christian attack against Torah's Kohanim. And again, there's many to suggest that this wasn't uh, written by the same author as the other, as the Ardhisvar. But we know that Kala Torah Kula Inyan Echad. We know the entire Torah is one unit, whether it's something that we call a chok, or whether it's something that we call a mishpat. Whether it's sichlios, whether it's shimios. Whether it's a mitzvah that we can relate to, and that makes sense to us, and we might have thought of it on our own, or it's a mitzvah that seems so foreign, from a different time period, from a different culture. It's all Torah. And it all has the same kedusha. And every mitzvah comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if there's something that we don't relate to, it just means that we have to try harder. And we have to uh, dig deeper. And we have to try to realize the messages that this book is giving us. And he quotes one of the most unbelievable ha'aras. It's well known. But it's an unbelievable uh, ha'ara that we know Talmud Bavli was written on almost all of Seder Moed, except for one Nesechta, and Seder Nashim, and Ezekin, the three big Sedarim that have Talmud Bavli on them. What about the other three Sedarim? Seder Zerayim only has one Talmud Bavli on Brachos. Seder Taris only has one Talmud Bavli on Masechah's Nida. Because all of the rest of those Sedarim did not apply in Bavel. So that is why Peya, Demai, Kelaim, Shvius, Shumas, Maisris, there's no Talmud Bavli. And Taros, all of uh, Tumentara. And yet, Seder Kachim, we have Talmud Bavli on all the Masechahs. Also no Karbanis in Bavel. Right, there's an Isser to bring a carbon anywhere else in the world. So what exactly is the message? The message is that there's something unique. There's something special about Karbanos, even if it's not Lamaisa. Learning about it, studying it, 
Line 27. Our devotion even in exile is evident by the fact that all the Midrashic books written on the Torah, only the Sifrei Tebei Rav, referred to as Torah's Kanem, was written in Babylonia. We have Midrashim, Midrash, Midrashim Halacha, written in Bavel about Vayikra, but not about some of the others. To reinforce Kachim in the, our daily lives, line 32, Chazal Dafka put in parts of Karbonos into Davening. Ezel Makoman, we have a parakel from Mesechus Vachem. Revi Yishmael Omer, which we say right before we start Psuke de Zimra, is the beginning of the Medrash of Taras Kohanim. Bishlosh Esri Midos, I turn in Reshes Bohan. Chazal needed to reinforce this area of Limud in that it might not get neglected and it might be forsaken. So as we start the Limud of Sefer Vayikra, and as we come to any topic in Gemara, whenever we're learning, and we get to some area of Kachim, or Taros for that reason, because Vayikra is about both, Tazri and Mitzorah is more Tum of Atara than it is Karbanos. And then the rest, Achremos is a little bit, it's, it's Kachim, it's Avoda, but most of the rest of Vayikra is not about uh, Kachim and Taros. But we always have to reinvigorate ourselves to make sure that we treat this area of Torah just as, in just as beloved a fashion as we would uh, give to any other area of halacha. We have to have the same delving into the messages of the Torah. We know Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, the end of the piece, Rabbi Zakai enacted many takanos, nine takanos, zechel mikdash. Remember the Beis HaMikdash. Remember what took place in the Beis HaMikdash. Remember what, what elements, despite the seeming absurdity of hoping for such a future in such a dark and foreboding time. Rabbi Yochanan Menzak, I remember he was carried out, he pretended to be dead, went to Vespasian, said that you're going to become the king, the three requests, at least save the Sanhedrin, save Malchus Beis David, his family. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai had the courage to look forward and see a future of this space of Megdash. What do we, what is, what is the most common ending of any Dvar Torah? Right? We, we mentioned before, that's not just us. The Rambam does that. The Rambam in Hilchus Para, when he talks about the Paraduma, that there have been nine Paradumas in history, and there's only one more left. There's going to be the tenth one. The Rambam in Mishnah Torah, where every word is calculated, and every word Right, it's, it's not written in Arabic like all the other books of the Rambam. Mishnah Torah, the Rambam says, the tenth one is when Mashiach comes, Mehera Yigala. The Rambam adds in two words. May he come speedily in our day so we can get the Paraduma and do the Avod of Echulu. So, says Rev Salvechik, says based on the Rambam, based on everything, that we know this is an area of halacha that we have to learn to appreciate and learn to study and learn to understand the messages. That was Rav Salvechik. A little bit earlier, a couple of years earlier, the Chafetz Chaim as well emphasized the limud of Kachim and Taros. Says the Chafetz Chaim in his Akdama, the Chafetz Chaim put together, he took it upon himself. As we know, he was a Kohen and he was very strongly supportive of studying Kachim and Taros, not to, uh, to the uh, contrast of other areas of Malacha. He wrote in the Mishnah on Arachayim. You have to learn Kala Torah Kula. But included in Kala Torah Kula, the Chafetz Chaim wrote the Maimar Torah Or, which is his Hakdama to his commentary on Seder Kachim. He wrote a riff. He wrote a halachic work on all the other parts of other Mesechtas that the riff didn't write halachas on because it wasn't Lamaisa. There are discussions in Mesechah Sota and other Mesechahs. He wrote Halacha on that, because we have to know. As we discussed in past years, the Chavaz Chaim says when Mashiach comes, what's going to happen? We're going to have answers to all the, our unanswerable questions. Our tekus, Tishbi, Ataris, Kushis, Vabayos. Elio is not going to tell us what we should have learned already. Uh, explicit Rambam. He's not going to tell us what the Halacha is. He's like, what? What happened to Vayikra? What happened to Vayikra? What? You didn't think I was coming? So we have to be ready says the Chafetz Chaim. So in his Maimar Torah Or, he also emphasizes Limud of Aries of Alacha that aren't Lomaisa Bizman Hazeh. Obviously, as I said, not that we shouldn't learn Hilchah Shabbos and Hilchah Kashrus, of course we have to, but also to set aside time for this. And he quotes in the Medrash, the fourth line, the Bereshus Rabbah, Vayara Lokim Esha'or Kitov, the Medrash says, what's Kitov? Zesefer Vayikra. 
Tov is a remez to Sefer Vayikra. I skipped it on the first line. He quotes the Gemara in Shabbos Laman Aleph, which is the source for the Shisha Sidre Mishnah, based on the Pasuk in Yeshayahu, where the Pasuk says, Vahaya Emunas Itecha, Chosen Yeshua's Chachma Vadas, Chachma, says the Chafetz Chaim, is a remez to Seder Kachim. There's a special type of wisdom as we get into the intricacies of Hilchas Karbanos. And he continues. And he bemoans the fact that nobody, even in the 1910s and 1920s, he says, nobody learns Kachim. Ra'inu b'avonaseinu arabim, line 5. Shehaseder azehu aluv ma'od. It is a degraded and neglected area of Limud. Remember, this is pre-Dafyomi. She'ein matsui misha yilmod Nobody learns it. Even if somebody learns it, and even if you learn it, you don't learn it well. One every th- one one in a thousand, one in a thousand students study this area. Maybe he's alluding to that idea. Right, it was a little bit before, and Rechav Chaim died in the 1930s, so Dafyomi already started a little before that. So even those of us who are zocha to learn. Uh, go through Shas. But do we study it? Do we focus on it? Or do we just hope to get through these dafim, to get through the uh, more Lamaisa elements? We just look at it quickly. And he goes through the Gemara in McGill and he goes through, he says, we have to look at this area as we look at any other area of Halacha. And he continues turning over the page. He said he named this commentary on Kachim Torah or, based on that Pasik, right? Or is Sefer Vayikra, as he mentioned before, and we have to make sure, he says, we, we study this. And he doesn't get into it here, but as we know, he discusses elsewhere. Every mitzvah in the Torah is connected to another limb in my body. Every mitzvah. So there are many mitzvahs here in Seder Kachim, Kachim and Taurus. So we have to try to strengthen those mitzvahs as well, the Chafetz Chaim says. And therefore, as we go through the Rashis, over the next couple of weeks, we have to try to understand them as well as we understand the Rashi's and Parshas Vayera and Chayasara. We have to work a little harder. But, okay, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us, and that's what Bet Hashem, we will be Zoha to do. And he says in the continuation, in the end, of course, you have to learn Shabbos, Kashrus, Tarsu, Mishpach, everything that's Lamaisa. But also try, if somebody has a limited time, that's what he says to learn, learn what's Lamaisa. But for the Lomdim, he says, if somebody's having trouble keeping Shabbos, you have to learn Hilcha Shabbos. But he says, for those Lomdim, who I'm talking to, who's reading my Sefer, on line 20, You're following Allah and you love Torah, so we have to spend time on this area of Torah as well. So, with that introduction... We get into our limit over the next couple of weeks of Sefer Vayikra. And we start off with talking about the word carbon. As we have touched on in the past, but this year we'll see it through the eyes of Rav Zevin. The word carbon comes from the word karav, which in past years we've seen Rav Hirsch, who notes that there is a mistaken translation as karav is usually sacrifices. Which kind of makes it seem like, oh, we're sacrificing something. We're giving something that's hurting us. I'm sacrificing. Says Rav Zevin, he doesn't mention that other interpretation, but he has the following idea. Karbanu mishoresh karav. Close. What does it mean, close? Kiruv. To be makarev somebody. Says Rav Zevin. Hakiruv baharichuk enam nimdadim b'shetach dafka. Distance is not measured by ge- geography. Distance and closeness is not a geographical description, says Reb Zevin. Yesh adam hanimsakan v'yachiv akarovelav v'oavokin afsho nimsam evalayam v'heim krovim. My brother could be on the other side of the world, and we are extremely close. We're brothers. We're very close. When we say, oh, we're, we're, we're very close. He could be on the other side of the world, but we're close. 
It could be just the opposite. I could be in the room with somebody and we are so far, Venus and Mars, in the same, same place. Shnei anoshim hasonim zehadzeh, rachman al-etzlan, v'dar b'bayis echad, v'heim rechokim. Distance and closeness, again, not determined by physical. Hakira v'harichok ne'erachim mi'bachina ha'pnimis v'hanafshis. Distance and closeness is really determined by internal connections to the soul. If our souls are connected, then we're close. Then we're mekurav If our souls are disconnected, we could be sleeping as roommates, but we're very far. And that's what we say about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lama Hashem tamod barachog. Why are you so far away? Talim li tos Is Hashem really far? He's right here. Hashem's with us. What do you mean? Tamod barachok. Ela. Kshakadosh Baruch Hu meser hashgachasu apnimis. But when Hashem removes his direct hashgacha, we feel distant. We call him Ta'amod Barachok. He's here. He's not physical. But he's Malokalaretz Kvodo. But he's still called far. Right, we say it every morning. Am Kravo Halaluka. We are his close nation. What, we're any closer to him than any other nation? No. We're human beings just like all other human beings. But we are Am Krovo. When the Torah is close to us, so then he is close to us. What does he mean close? I could be holding a Sefer Torah and be very far from the Torah. I could be far from a Sefer Torah, but be very close to the Torah. Am I connected to it in my nefesh? Am I connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Do I have a, a certain back of my head always focused on HaKadosh Baruch Hu? As Rav Salvechik calls in a different context, which we have quoted before, the beautiful idea of two types of awarenesses. The idea of acute awareness and latent awareness. To explain the Tosfos and Mesechas Brachas, who discusses why we only say one Birchaz Torah every morning and not before each time we learn. And Tosfos says, because by a Jew, Torah is never away from him. What does that mean? So Salvation gave the mashal. A mother sends children to school. When the children are at home, the mother's aware of the children. There's acute awareness. The kids are in school, the mother is still aware of the children. It's just a different kind of awareness. It's latent awareness. Not acute awareness, but there's still an awareness there. The children and the mother are still very close. Even if the child's learning in a yeshiva in a different city. The parents and the children are very close. That's Karov and Rachok, not geographical descriptions. Line 13. Ha'olam hazemi bechina chitzoni tu rachok ma'od mi makarov Olam hazeh on the most basic external level, we're very far from the source of all life, which is God. Hu akoach eloki shabara osa. Akadosh Baruch Hu is mechayei, mechadesh b'chol yom tamin. And on the surface, we're very far. Ein makir ve'ein margish. Right, all the different levels of being in this world could be so distant. La'arba madregos nechlak ha'olam, as we know from the Kuzari and others, the four levels of being in this world, from the lowest, the inanimate objects, the domain, the tzomeach, the growers, the trees and the flowers, chai, the animal kingdom, medaber, and humans. There's no life. How is that connected to Hashem? Rocks and dirt? There's no movement. There's no growth. It's static. It's a rock. It's eternal. But it's a rock. Plants and trees have the power of growth. Animals can even move. They're not only growing, but they're moving. Intellect, speech. That's the four, those are the four beings in the world. 
Says Rav Zevin, Karbanos is about, about Lehit Karev. Lahakriv and Lehit Karev to come close. For us to come close. For us to learn the messages of every type of carbon has a different idea for us. Why does a carbon mincha with flour? Why does a chathas have these details? What is the north side of the Mizbeach? What does that symbolize? Tzafon, Tzafun. All the different areas where the kalim are situated in the base of Migdash. Why is this kli on the north and this kli on the south and the menorah and the sholchan and the golden Mizbeach and the outer Mizbeach and the aron and the kruvim? Are they looking at each other, not looking at each other. There's so many details. But every detail has significance. And being there, as the Torah says, the Torah says when we would see the Beis HaMikdash, we would be inspired. We would see the Kohanim, and we would, whoa! And that's what we mourn, that we don't appreciate it. But says Rav Zevin, the whole point is to come close. And not only for us to come close, but for us to uplift everything around us, including all the different levels of being. Tachlis HaKarbanos, line 18. Sheba Mikdash, L'Kareves Kulam Harimam, to bring them close and to uplift them. Obviously we, we bring the carbon, we go to the base of Mikdash, we think about the messages, we think about the tshuva that we need to be doing through the carbon. And next, Balechayim, the animals. The animals just achieve their destiny by being used as karbanos. And keep in mind, as we have always pointed out, almost every karban is eaten. Besides the carbon ola, what's put on the mizbeach? Just the fats that we would normally throw out. So instead of throwing them out, we sanctify them. But the meat is eaten. Just like everybody in the world if you're not a vegetarian. So the animals are uplifted. And not only that, as we know, the tzomeach, the growers, flower. Carbon mincha, minachos, anasachim, wine, oil, solas, yain v'shemin, makarvan is called somei akulo olam. And then Rav Zevin says, ingeniously, line 21, I'll call karban chatak Rav Melach. Every carbon has to be salted. Salt is domain. Salt is from the fourth level of being. Zen itzig hadomeim. That is the representative from the domain items. The al yado, so through the world of karbanos, miskarevu misale kol adomeim sheba olam. This symbolic representative domain uplifts all items in that category. So adam kiyak mikem kiyakriv hakavanash adam makrivet atzmo. We bring ourselves close. We bring the whole world close. The base hamigdash, the center of the universe, the most inspiring spot. Kimitzion teitzei Torah. That's the message of all karbanos, but the, the root is karov, to be close. Karov Hashem, l'chol karov. Okay, moving right along to some now of the details. We've said, okay, let's focus on some of those details. So we're going to focus on, I think, three of them right now. Parshas Vayikra is extremely organized. We have karbanola, then we have karban mincha, then we have Carbon shla, uh, paragimel, we have carbon shlamim, then we have carbon chatos, that's it, and then we have carbon ashim all the way at the end. The five carbonos that we have in Parshas Vayikra, and the Ramban already points out, Parshas Vayikra is from the standpoint of the Baila bringing the carbon. Parshas Tzav, which repeats a lot, is from the standpoint of the Kohen Hamakrit. So if we look in Paragbeis, in the context of carbon mincha, the carbon, different five types of carbon mincha, the flower carbonos, the Pasuk tells us in Pasuk Yud Aleph, all carbonous mincha are matzah. They're not allowed to be chametz. Because all yeast, and the Pasuk adds in all honey, you're not allowed to have in the carbon mincha. No yeast, right? no causing it to rise, soar, v'chol dvash, Right, that's off limits. So there is a klayakar which we discussed seven years ago, but I, I put it in again because we're going to build on it. The klayakar in source number seven. Sorry, source number five on the bottom. He discusses the Rashi on this pasuk. Rashi tells us there is an exception to the rule, though. There are some carbonos that are chametz. What carbon is chametz? 
the Shtehalacha and brought on Shvuis and the carbon toda, which we're not going to get into. Ten of the thirty lo- of the forty loaves of a carbon toda are chametz, but the one that Rashi quotes, sourced Pasuk Yibez, Ma Yesh Lachavi Min Asar Min Advash Carbon Rishis Shtehalachem Shalatzeres Haboy Min Asar Shenemar Chametz Chametz Teyafena Special Din You Bring Carbonos on Shvuis from chametz. Ask the Klayaka what's the message. Why is chametz always, and dvash, always off limits? Except on shvuis. Shvuis, you can bring a carbon of chametz. And he also talks about bikurim are brought from dvash. Dvash in the Torah is dvash tamarim, not dvash of bees. Dvash, dvash, that's dvash of, of dates. So dvash also here means the date honey, which again is though is, uh, is sweet. So what's the message? Says the Klayakar, the great darshan from Prague. Biur hadvarim. Third line. Ki chaladam yeshlo taiva lechal chemdos olamazeh mechunim bedvash. Honey symbolizes the sweetness of olamazeh. Gashmius. That's what it stands for. Ki kemosh hadvash matok lachech. Just like honey is sweet, it's candy. V'ribuyo mazik. Too much dvash is dangerous. Too much, too many sweets. Too much sugar, we might say. Everything in this world is great in a certain amount. Limited. That shouldn't be, though, our life. Too much is mazik. Ribuya mazik. It needs to be the means and not the ends. We have to use every, all the gifts that Hashem gives us in this world to serve Him with. We could have fun, we could relax, but that's not the goal of life. We don't believe in the pursuit of happiness. We believe in using happiness to pursue God. That's what we believe in. If Dvash symbolizes Gashmias, the physical pleasures, Sa'ar, as the Gemara says in Brachos, symbolizes raising ourselves up. The Yitzhaharu tries to make us think that we're so great. We need these a little bit, explains the Klayakar. We need some Dvash. We need some Sa'ar. We have to have self-worth. We have to have some self-confidence in order to be able to accomplish. We have to be, right, in Kemach in Torah. We need some kiim lo yishtamish b'tzrachav achrechiim hamachunim b'tvash yamos yamos v'lo yichye v'lo yevarav chazakim v'chulu. So we have to use it, but we have to know how to use it. So explains the klayakar. Turning over now to source number six. Alkei nomar ki kol saar v'chol dvash lo satiru imenu ishal Hashem. Regular karbanos it has no place. This is the spiritual realm. This is coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. You can't use that in your carbon. It's off limits. You know where it can be used? On Shavuos. Where Shavuos is all about Torah. Shavuos is all about, that's the goal. Everybody knows that's the goal. But as a means, as a haschala to that. So in that context, it's okay. Right? Barasi Yitzhahara, Barasi Torah Tavlin. Right? If the Torah is there to counter, to channel the effects of the Dvash and the Sa'or, the Sa'or specifically on, on Shvuis, and Bikurim, which is brought on Shvuis from the Dvash, so he says, then there's no danger. Ki ima Sa'or, where it's underlined, Lukarb and Reishis, Biomat and Torah, Ki atorah kemo tavlin shalayet Sahara. Vayubez alechem shalatzeres menachameitz, Ki atorah shininubo riflus yelasarecha v'chulu. So on Shvuis, there's less danger. As the Gemara says, the Gemara M'sachim, there are three exceptions to the rule of the Machlokes, Chati Lashem, Machati Lachem. Machlokes Tanoim, about whether we should celebrate Yantif involved in spiritual pursuits, physical pursuits, but there are three days that have to be, have some physical pursuits. One of them is Shvuas. Connects to our idea as well. In the context of Torah, one could be involved in these, in these as well. But that is something that we mentioned a number of years ago. But there is a new idea to mention based on the b'risa, the b'risa that is said in Nusach Svarad and davening sometimes. But there's a b'risa about the Torah. Tani Bar Kapara, quote at the beginning of source number seven. 
The Brisa says, if we would put a little honey into the Ktores, we would we would die from the unbelievable smell. Already the Ktores is unbelievable. It was the super amazing aroma. If we would have put Dvash in it, it would have been unreal. Says Bar Kapara, so why don't we put Dvash in it? Because the Torah says it's not allowed. Ask all the Achronim. What's the message of the Brisa? What is Bar Kapara telling us? Why do I care what I would have thought? The Torah says, no sar, no dvash. So what does Bar Kapara say? I might have thought that, oh, put honey in the, in the Torah. No, 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 the Torah says not to. Why do I care about that Havamina? What's the message of the Havamina? Two ideas. Two ideas. One sharp and one hashkafic. First, the sharp one, classic sharp thought from the Asrav Sir, Mary Yechiel, Measrav, who always has classic sharp thoughts. Lacharakasha, he asks. Ma'ashela v'lamim arvin batvash. What's the question? Why don't we put honey in? Because the Torah says so. Shematana lo yada pasik. Oh, this is what I thought until I learned the pasik. What, what does that mean? V'im kavanasol lishol ma'hatam le'isr. And if what he really needs to ask is, what's the reason? Harealzelo he'shemuma. There's no answer. So I don't understand the whole thing. Yes, the Yastrov sir. And finally. And this is already the beginning of his answer. The Brisa quotes the whole Pasik. What do we need this Sa'or in there? Just quote the last part, the second part of the Pasik. Kol Dvash. He's talking about Dvash. Just, just say Dvash. So number one, what's the Havamina? Number two, why? If it's asking for the reason, it's not giving an answer. And number three, why do we have to quote the Sa'or part of it if the Havamina is just about Tvash. So explains the Astrop, so there's a Tosfus. There's a Tosfus. Tosfus in Zvachim Dafsamach Zayim. Says Tosfus, line 9. Shebechal makom sheyesh svarach itzona. He's summarizing Tosfus. L'chayiv la'asos dover ma. If there's ever logic to do something, if logic would dictate something to do, perform a certain mitzvah in a specific way, and then the Torah says no. Hare Tosva says, She'en kavanas ha-Torah belav lomar she'osr la-soso, ela she'en chiv la-soso. If I would have thought this is a good idea, if the Torah then says, don't, the Torah is telling us, you don't have to. Not that it's usr to do. Most mitzvos, we don't think yes or no. The Torah just tells us what to do. And I, oh, I would have thought that this is, this is mutter, and then the Torah says usr, it doesn't happen that often. But this is, this could be, as we'll see one example. But Tosfus says that if you ever have a logical idea how to perform a mitzvah, and the Torah then makes a losase about it, that losase should not be understood as it is forbidden, but that it is not required. That's Tosfus. So says the Ustrafser. Zemashashoalatana. That's what's happening here. Kivan. What's logical? Putting honey into the Ktores. Ah, what a smell. Unbelievable. That's the Svarach Itzonis. That's the Svarah, the logic I would have said. Kivan, Shemaya no Sein Dvash, Ein Adam Yaholam, or Bipnei Recha, Shemaya no Sein Reachtova would have been unbelievable. Nimsha Yeshe Svarach and Achim Svash Bektores. That's a Svarah. Comes along the Torah and the Torah says, No Dvash. No Dvash. So how should we understand that according to Tosfus? You don't have to put Tvash. But you can put Tvash. That's what I would have said. Says Bar Kapara, read the whole Pasik. Ki kol sa'or v'chol Tvash lo Hashem. By sa'or, there's no reason for us to think, oh, sa'or would be better to put in. There's no svara to say that sa'ar should be put in. So what does the Torah mean when it says don't put sa'ar? It's asur. And it's in the same pasik. So it says, the asur, that's what Bar Kapar is telling me. 
based on Tosvis, I might have said that when the Torah says don't put Vash in, that just means you don't have to put Vash in. But you can if you want to. That's why Bar Kapar quotes the whole Pasik. Because just like the Sa'ar part of the Pasik is forbidden, so too the Dvash part of the Pasik, you shall understand as it is forbidden and not just a, not a requirement. That's the Asrafs. But now we get into the Muster part of it. Another idea. What's the Havamina? What is Bar Kapara emphasizing? By saying, I would have wanted to put Vash in, Kamash not. Says, here the Yagotari, he quotes the Kutzker, he quotes the Imre Emes, he quotes many of the great Hasidic giants. Says the Kutzker, mitzvot shouldn't be done based on how I think they should be done. Sha'al yalal daitcha lachkar tamid acharetame a mitzvot besichlacha mitzumsam. Don't think that you understand everything about the mitzvah. This way would be great to do it. V'lama imarvin badvash. Pashut ma'od. You know why you don't put vash in? Because the Torah said so. Maspik shahatorah amra ve'en sorach be'ezberim losafim. I would have thought, but no. Why? Because the Torah said so. Mitzvot are created by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We might think that we understand them and we could try to understand them as much as we can. But the depths of each mitzvah is infinite and we have to play by His rules and not make up our own rules. And then he quotes from the Imre Emes, one of the Gerarebbes, that he told his Hasidim that they need to be makpid on Zman Tfilah. Ula hispalel bashkam, he got a daven earlier. Nichnas echad Hasidim isonei, one of the Hasidim said, Rebbe, what are you doing to me? Ki achanis l'tfilah shurgal bohem ba'avar, ba'avar chaseros l'achshav. All the achanis I used to do, I don't have time to prepare properly. It's not as good as it. I don't feel it as much. Because I don't have as much time to prepare. So the Rebbe could have said, get up earlier. But he gives a different answer. He quoted this Brysa. Bar Kapara. Oh, if you would put Dvash in, it would be sweeter. Boom. You don't put Dvash in. What's the message? The message is because Hashem makes the mitzvahs. And Hashem decides that they are sweet. And we have to fit into His system. We can't decide how to do a mitzvah. Oh, it fits in. I'm going to fit the mitzvah into my schedule. No. We have to fit into the mitzvah schedule. We have to fit into what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us and not the opposite. And he quotes, there are many, he quotes from other rabbis, line 8, Sheyesh mishakim, Sherotzim lasos a mitzvah tzara yoser tov. There are those that want to do the mitzvah in a super duper way. That's fine. But you got to play by the rules. you got to play by the Shulchan Aruch. Got to fit it in exactly in the way where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to fit it in, in the boundaries and the borders. Right? We mentioned this. This was part of the problem of the Chet Egel. This was the part of the problem that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, Fed Hashem, of Nadav and Aviyu. All of those suggestions of Chazal. What was the Chet of Nadav and Aviyu? That they brought a, a strange fire, the Torah says, an Eish Zara. So Chazal say maybe they were, they were drunk. When they went in. Maybe they were Mora Halacha Bifne Rabo. All the different suggestions. The same common denominator in all of them. They thought that they knew better. They thought that we could serve our Baruch Hu in this way. We do not create our own subjective avenues in Avodah Hashem. Bar Kabara says, you might have thought that should be honey in here. It would be great. No honey. No honey. Right? One might think, right, that uh, this is Halacha. Right, how can I have, how can I enjoy myself? Right? Matzah. Whole week, just matzah, no challah. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, matzah. You can enjoy it with matzah. Right? Little did they know back then that we could have every type of chamistic food in matzah form, Bizman Right? Whatever you want. But Kodesh Baruch Hu makes the rules and we have to fit our lives, our Avodah Hashem, into, into his rules. Okay, moving right along. Next halacha. We spoke about a carbon mincha. Let's continue now. Um, I'm sorry, going back a little bit, but in the opposite order, going back to carbon ola. Back to carbon ola. We know there are different items, different animals that could be brought as a carbon ola. 
we have, the Torah goes through, Min HaBakar, first you have cattle, oxen, large animals, Vimin HaTzon Karbano, sheep, and finally, Vimin HaOf, Olo Karbano Hashem, a bird, Somebody brings a bird, two types of birds are allowed, ravens and doves, just want to say parenthetically, I heard something today that has nothing to do with what we're doing right now, but it's Parsha Zachar this week. Amalek, we mentioned, has to do with the passage we just read. Amalek has a lot of symbolism to it. We mentioned in the past, Ayin Mem Lamed Kuf, it's an Am, that could take unbelievable hashkacha. Kaddish Baruch Hu is here, all the nations believe, and he could cool off, cool off the whole, the whole world. That's what Asher Chabaderech, he cooled off the whole world's emunah. He could take the top of the Lamed, the, the highest letter in the Aleph base, and schlep it down to the bottom of the Kuf. But I heard it today in the name of the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Balatanya, Amalek is also an Am that does Malika. Malika, it cuts, it separates, it severs. It severs HaKadosh Baruch Hu from Am Yisrael. Right? The anti-Hashkacha nation. It's a good one-liner just to put in the Purim Suda. Right? It's, it's an Am that is Malik. Am Malik. Am, you got to just double the men. Am Malak. Right? It's, it, it separates. That's, that's, that's the Shechita of, of a carbon bird. But that's what a Malik wants to do. It wants us to separate. Right? Haman, that's what, we did that in the Beis HaMikdash. The connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Haman couldn't stand that. That's why they were celebrating that we didn't have a base at Megdash. Okay, Adkan, the parenthetical thought. We'll get back to Parenthetical a little bit later. But I saw Malika, so it jumped out. I'm sorry. Okay. The carbon of the Olas Ha'of, the Chulu, and the Pasuk says, and Pasuk Yuzayin, Vishisau so Bichnafav. Lo Yavdil. Carbon Ola is totally burnt. Totally burnt of the Mizbeach. Everything, the whole carbon Ola. Says Rashi. Bichnafav, notzamamish, even with the feathers, Rashi says. Vahalo einlocha hediot shemeriach reach ra shel knafayim nisrafim veinachav katzelav. If we were just speaking about something amazingly uh, aromatic, this is the opposite. Says Rashi, there's nothing that smells so bad as feathers being burned. Veinachav katzelav, it's disgusting. Why do we have to burn that? Says Rashi. Who brings a bird? An ani brings a bird. An ani brings a carbon ola. Imagine what the bird looks like after its feathers have been plucked off. Imagine what the ani would feel like when he sees his little bird, he sees the other guy's ox, and he sees everybody else's sheep, and he comes with his little birdcage, and he comes his little nebuch, you know, dove that he could find with his couple of kopecks, and he comes, and he already feels bad. And now they're going to make it look like... No, leave the feathers on. Leave the feathers on, says the Torah. Says Rev Salvechik, we got two Rev Salvechiks tonight and two Rev Zevens tonight. Says Rev Salvechik, v'shisau sobich nafav. Source 9. Birds were generally offered as an ola by those who cannot afford to pay for an animal offering. The Torah here indicates that it's burned with its feathers. Rashi, he quotes, even if the feathers were smell bad, if they were removed, the bird offering would look scant and insignificant. The Torah was sensitive to the feelings of the indigent, allowing the poor to recognize that their sacrifice was as valued as those of their wealthy peers. Again, a halacha that seems minute, that seems, okay, so you burn the feathers, okay, let's move on, what, do I, what does this have to do with my life? You know what it has to do with my life? It has to do with the fact that we have to be so sensitive thinking about others. Every carbon has a place in kaviyachol, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's heart. Echad amarbev, echad amamit. Ubevashi yechavin libol hashamayim. And he quotes the Gemara in Brachas. Gemara Brachas, Daf I'll read it in Hebrew. Not in Hebrew, I'll read it in, Arame, in the Gemara. The Gemara says, An amazing, beautiful Gemara. The rabbis in Yavne said as follows, Ani birya v'chaveri birya. We, we are rabbis, we are people, we are creatures, and our, and our friends, 
out there are creatures. Ani malachti ba'ir v'hu malachto basadeh. We're in the city. We're sitting in the base madrash all day. They they're out in the fields all day. Ani mashkim l'malachti v'hu mashkim l'malachto. We get up early to do our job. They get up early to do their job. Kishem shehu eno misgader b'malachti. Kachani eno misgader b'malachto. He doesn't cross the line into my world. I don't cross the line into his world. Vishema Tomar. Lest you say, say the rabbis in Yavne, Ani Marbevahu Mamit, we're the great rabbis. You know what we're doing? We are the foundation of Torah Shabalpeh. Lest we have that attitude, Shanina we learned. Echadamarbe, the Echadamamit. Uvilvachi Echabin Libola Shamayin. Quantity is not what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is looking for. It could be a cow, it could be a bird. It's all Rachmana Libaboy. And therefore, leave the feathers on. So everybody feels equal in the eyes of Hashem. Line 18. The relative significance of one's assignment does not depend on the specifics of the mission. What we do in life... We can't compare and say, oh, he's affecting the Jewish people in such a way, I'm a nothing. I don't have that, that, that effect. No. Everybody has their own job. How much of the assignment he completes or its lasting effect. Hashem gives us the part to play. We don't choose the part. There are some people that have a major part. Some have a very small part. But the show only is a success if everybody does their part successfully. One cannot assess the relative importance of his divine assignment. Wholehearted acceptance and the will to carry out the assignment are all that matter. Accomplishment is not what sanctifies an individual. It is the faithfulness with which one engages in the assignment. That's an amazing line. Don't look at the accomplishment. Look at the commitment to the assignment that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives. Right, whether it's a second grade Rebbe or the greatest Rosh Hashiv in the world. That is the message of keeping the feathers on. Right, and that's the, whether it's Yisachar and Zvulin, however one looks at it. But that's it. Okay, moving right along. Moving right along, we have uh, an amazing thought from Rav Saratskin. Perak Beis Pasuk Aleph. Getting back to Karban Mincha. V'nefesh ki takriv karban mincha l'ashem solas yeh karbano. When you give a karban mincha, what's a karban mincha made out of? Three ingredients in a karban mincha. Flour, oil, and frankincense. Right? Solas, shemen, and levona. V'yatakta l'ashemen and asana levona. Three ingredients. If you look in halacha, we know that the oil that was required for a carbon mincha did not have to be the same standard of oil that was used for the menorah. The menorah had the highest level, the highest level standard. Source number 11. Shemen stam. The shemen for the menorah, what does it say? Back in Tetzave. Shemen zayizach. Kasis lamaor. Super pure, as the Mishnahis describe in Menachis. It's Alpha Sheba Alpha. It's the first oil that comes out, and you crush it, and you crush it, and you crush it, and you get it so fine and pure, the best oil. And Chazal say, Katit b'machteshes v'lo b'rechayim, k'deh shalo yiyeh boshmarim, no dregs l'amaor, v'lo kasas l'amanachas. Shalamanachas kasher, afilo mashmarim. Fine. Karben mincha, doesn't have to be the most pure oil. Doesn't have to be the super oil. Af Really, you could have imagined that all oil in the base of Migdash would have meant super pure oil. But as with Saraskin, isn't it strange? Carbonus mincha are eaten by the Kohanim. They're kachim. By, what do we have to do by karam mincha? We just take a little bit 
Right, the kmitza, we put the coin puts his hand into the carbon mincha and he rubs off with his thumb and his pinky, and everything under the middle three fingers gets burned to the mizbeach, and then the rest of the carbon, rest of the carbon mincha is launch for the kohen. Except if it's his own mincha, then he has to burn it. But most carbon minchas are eaten. So the answer of Saraskin, wouldn't you expect that what we eat would be super pure, would be cusses? And what's in the menorah, which nobody eats, it just lights, it could light fine even with less pure oil, that wouldn't be as, be as pure. What's the message? What's the message? So the Torah tells us, no. The Torah says a special limud, you only need pure for the menorah and not pure for the mincha. Umeata, says Rav Sarotskin. How foolish some of us are. There are physical entities that we imbibe and there are spiritual entities that we imbibe. Says Rev Saratskin, so many of us, Baruch Hashem, are so careful with the food that we intake. We need super ashkacha. And we don't even eat half of these hashkachas. And we need this, and we need that, and we're so careful. And what about the spiritual environment that we put ourselves in? Does that have a hashkacha? Are we as careful about the chevra, about the place where we put ourselves? That's lama'or. What do you see in the Beis HaMikdash? What gives us light has to be even purer then what gives us physical nourishment? Again, line 13. Right, we very careful what we put into our bodies. What goes into my brain or my eyes? Not so careful. What goes into my mouth, I'm very careful. Right? What, we, what, we, what we, he talks about, right? He was, even, even Kavachomer, Bemenosha Kavachomer, in the days of the internet, you know, how, how what, he, he says, the books we let our children read, or that we read, you know, now, nah, Halavai should only be books. But he says, Shema Yeshbaim Armate, maybe, maybe that light is not so pure. Maybe the light, the menorah, which is the R, the R of the Hashkafa that we're supposed to have. The Torah tells us we have to be even more careful. This thought isn't telling us not to be careful in the world of food. Of course. But it's just that we have to be even more careful in terms of what we intake spiritually and what we listen to and what we look at and what we study. We have to make sure that that is pure kasis lamaor. Line 26. Fadas no seneskach. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Because, If we eat something bad, there's always a way to get it out. There's always a way. Gets us sick. Maybe you can get us sick for a little bit, then we'll take medicine. Get it better. But if we put poison into our minds, into our neshamas, that's much harder to remove. That's much harder to purify. Rasuratsky knows how to learn a halach in Chumash. We have to make sure that we have that right perspective. Okay, two thoughts related to Purim. Two thoughts related to Purim as we move on. And again, the next part of the will be. A week from next week, it'll be Shmini. Says the, and then the following, we'll get to it, uh, the schedule after that about the Haggadah Shir, Be'er Shem in a couple of weeks. Says Rav Zevin, as we promised. Two thoughts of Rav Zevin, here's the second one. The Pasuk tells us, V'ra'u kal afse aretz es Yeshua selokeinu, source 12. All of the afse aretz, everyone saw the Yeshua, the salvation of God. Says the Madrash, Emasai ra'u b'yimei Mordechai ve'ester. When did everyone see Yeshua Selokeinu? In the days of Purim, Mordechai, and Esther. Says Rav Zevin, we have to appreciate the story that happened. There are three things 
mentioned in the Pasuk. Hapu'ula, hapo'el, v'hanif'al. What does that mean? Shevakasuv zeh. Heim hari'ia, the vision, haro'im, those that had the vision, what we might call those who see, what is seen, v'hanir'eh. And the, it's the vision itself, it's the seers and the result of what is seen. Vahanire. The subject, the verb, and the object. Three elements. They saw, they saw that. So, ra'u, kolapsiaretz, eishishua selokainu. Each one of those should be focused on, says Rav Zevin. First, hariya. Lo tamid kishayesh Yeshua ro'emosa. First, we're going to focus on the verb. Very often, there can be salvations, but we don't see it as a salvation. We think it's just the natural events. Yesh Yeshua bebechinas in bal anes makar beniso. Often, the bal anes doesn't even recognize the nes that occurred. V'yesh eno misromeim ledarga sheyuchaliros. We don't raise ourselves up to see to see the salvation. We have to look. Like he quotes the Gemara in Baba Basra, I think, If I mourn Jerusalem, it's present tense. I see it's rebuilding. Because if I'm still mourning this 2,000 years, oh, 2,000 years after it was destroyed, it's Vada coming back, as Chazal say. So there's a salvation here, but you have to look properly. So number one, the fact that there was a re'iyah here was amazing, being that this is the only holiday without a nace, without Hashem's name in the Megillah. So number one is the re'iyah. Number two, who saw it? Ra'u kol afsei aretz. All the Jews at that time realized what happens. Everyone celebrated. Everyone took part in Purim. Nobody thought that Esther was a defa- was an amazing plan thinker, and wow, what a coincidence! Nobody thought that. Call Afse Aretz. Miva mi hayoroim labdafka sadidim akadolim ela call Afse Aretz. Efes uvelo. What's Afse for the word Efes? From nothing. Everybody. Efes uvelo klum. The Afse who harim Efes afasim. Every single person saw what occurred. And what do they see? You could also realize there's a salvation, but you won't always attribute it to the ultimate miracle worker, capital M. What does the Pasuk say? Ra'u kolase aretz es Yeshuas elokeinu. The Yeshua of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Line 23. Lo dai Yeshua, velo dai afilo afse aretz ro'em osa. Tzorach liros ki Yeshua stam. El Yeshuas elokeinu. It's got to be from Hashem. From Hashem. Right? People can think there's miracles. Like he quotes, It was still a miracle, right? That Sarah was impregnated when she was very old. But they didn't attribute it. They saw the Yeshua, but not Yeshua Selokeinu. And this is what we remember on the Bay of Purim, the Purim story. We remember that there was an unbelievable miracle. We remember that everyone recognized it. And we remember that everyone recognized that it was a miracle from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And as we relive, as we read the Megillah, and we get into the Megillah, as they quote, I think the, the Rebbe Yitzchak used to be, the normally Malach, one of the two, used to be crying. At the beginning he was crying because of the pain. At the end of the Megillah he was crying because he was besimcha. We have to get into the Megillah. Can't be on the side. So as we go through it, we have to realize this too. And throughout our lives, we have to realize there's so many Yeshuos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings to us. And one final point, in Yana Diyoma, if you look on the, last, on the second to last page, the Shem Atov discusses Purim as well. Isn't it amazing? Question that is asked by other Achronim. Purim is a day that we celebrate Achdus. Celebrate Achdus. We came together, it was a Kabbalah Torah, Mishloach Manos, Matanas Levyonim. Right, the big discussion, Mishloach Manos, is it Achva Vereus? Is it for the Suda? There's so much, there's, right, Am Echad Mefuzer Mefurad, and we came together. 
So isn't it fascinating that it's the only holiday of the year that there are different days depending where you live? Dafka, the one holiday that symbolizes Achdus more than most, if not all others, and that's the one that has two different days. On the most basic level, not Yont of Shani, Mishim Sveika Diyoma. Chazal enacted the first mission in Megillah. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15th. Even today we have two. What's the message? What's the message? Says the Shem Atov. Tignu Chazal Mitzvah Sayom, De Purim, Kriyas and Megillah, Mishloach Manos, Vechulu, La'achet, Es Kol B'nei Yisrael. It's to bring us all together. To Yisod Anes, De Purim, Talui, Bahad, De Amr Esther, Lech Kenosis, Kol HaYehudim. Gather them all. V'zeh Hepek, that's the opposite of what Haman's Taina. Because he didn't want to be the Sholech Yadvam Mordechai Lovado Mishum Diyada Hetev. Hamanu. Ta'afim Yereg Mordechai. Yamon Mordechai Acher. The Yichlos Kola Yehudim. Hamanu, the power of the Jew. He knew Jews stick together. He knew if he killed, why didn't he just kill Mordechai? Everybody else bowed down to him. Because he knew if he killed Mordechai, there'd be another Mordechai that would come. This wasn't the only one. He's the one standing up. He was the symbolic, he was the person. And that's why, what did it say? Future. Even the Mordechai Hashem, wouldn't. Because Haman realized this achdus, and he realized this power, and Amalek couldn't take it. Right? He wanted to separate us. So now he asked the question on line fifteen: Yoser Tamua, Mashadafka beyond the Shapurim, Achogig Achdus Shel Yisrael. So why Dafka separate days? So explains the Shem Anatov a very obvious thought that it said elsewhere, but he puts it here: V'lamanu Mizeb Apashtus, De'ena Pirushal Achdus. Achtus does not mean homogeneous. Everybody exactly doing the same thing. That's not what Achtus means. It's also impossible. Achtus doesn't mean everybody serves Hashem and does the same exact thing. No. It's exactly the opposite. It's through the diversity, the unity that connects the diversity. What did Chazal say? There are 12 windows in Shemayim. Every Shevet's tefillah goes through the, uh, the, a different window. 12 Shvatim, though, where the Shifteka. That's Achdus. And that's what Chazal wanted to emphasize. It's the Yantav of Achdus with two separate days. Because that's what true Achdus really is. And Dafka, he goes through four or five applications. And that's why he says on line 25, Purim, as we know, is the Hachana for Bayashani. This led to the events of building Bayashani. Achdus brought Bayashani together. That's why Rahman al-Atzlan, Sinaschinam, destroyed Bayashani, which we are still suffering from till today. And that's why he writes on line 26, Tainus Laman Aleph, the story at the end of Mesechus Tainus, of all the tzaddikim dancing in a circle in the future, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the middle, all the tzaddikim, equidistant from the center, as we've quoted in the past. That's the point of a circle. And every tzaddik will realize the need for the other tzaddik, because that's the point of a circle. It has to all be there together. And he continues with other applications as well. That's the message. The message is the Jewish unity with our differences. When Mashiach comes, we're not all going to become serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu the same way. We're not going to say, okay, we're all going to become blank. No, we're all going to keep our differences. We're just going to tolerate better each other and realize that the other Jew is also needed in the way that he serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's the message of the two days. And this is also illustrated, again, there's more there, but just to finish up, also illustrated by Rav Cook in his Siddur, where Rav Cook writes on the tefillah, Amr Amr Talmidei Chachamim are b'shalom ba'olam. Talmidei Chachamim are mar b'shalom. Says Rav Kook, what does that mean? Every rabbi has his own opinion. The answer is, says Rav Kook, but that's shalom. That's true shalom. 
True Shalom is many different opinions coming together to form the beautiful mosaic of Elu Ve'elu Divri Elohim Chayim. If there's someone out there, he doesn't say this, but I'll if there's someone out there that only thinks that they're right and no other rabbi is correct, so that's correct. That's not Mar B'Shalom. That's, that's an undermining of the definition of a Tamar Chacham. Of Tamar Chacham is Mar B'Shalom. So he's not Mar B'Shalom, they're not a Tamar Chacham. Tamar Chacham Mar B'Shalom Ba'olam, says Rav Kook. He says, line six, Ki Ashalom Ha'amiti, I Efshar Sheyavo La'olam. What does that mean? Know that every shita has its place and has its, has its significance and has its importance. So as we celebrate Purim coming together, we celebrate the differences of each beautiful Jew that serves the Kaddish Baruch Hu in their own way. But the respectfulness that we need to have for each other the actus that we have of coming together, of each Jew looking at the fellow as we're on the same team, even if you have a different position. That's what we should be zochet to fulfill all the mitzvahs of Purim. Parsha Zachar, Hashem should help, be moche, Amalek from the land, Lo Tishkach, we remember, Kodesh Baruch Hu should have Rachmanis on Am Yisrael and take away all the Amaleks in the world. And that's what we should be zochet to Purim, zochet to, to uh, a Yantif, uh, proper Yantif and Medeshem will pick up again. No, no part next week, but the following week we'll pick up with Shmini.